Masuti here alongside Brett Nevitt. This is Sunday Golds, and we are 10 days away from first pitch at Dick Hauser Stadium. Brett and I are extremely excited for that. I know you guys are as well. The countdown is getting us oh so close to Florida State baseball season, and we are on Apple Pods, Spotify, Google Pods, and uh, we would appreciate if you share this podcast with your friends and give us five stars if you can. Uh, to continue the success uh, that we started back in October. Uh, we really appreciate what you guys have done for us, and uh, I know Brett and I are, are ready to stop talking about preseason and uh, talk about the actual season, and we're getting closer, but we're still a couple weeks away, a couple weekends, and uh, Brett, it looks like the as the boys are practicing, they're, they're working really hard. Um, some weeks it'll be the hitters. Some weeks it's the pitchers who have the upper hand, but this past week you were able to go to a, a, a couple of practices, and you saw that the hitters had the upper hand. Yeah, I was at four scrimmages this week, and, uh, you know, I'd say, you know, both the pitchers and hitters were good. It was just, it was a big step forward for the hitters, and I thought, you know, the battles they put together and the long at-bats they put together all weekend um, were just something that was really good to see after the first weekend where it seemed like they were a bit behind and the energy was down a bit, and, you know, Meat seemed like he wasn't very happy with the approach, but this weekend it felt like the same, the exact opposite, you know, I thought it was it was some of the, the some of the best mood I've ever seen meet in. Um, you know, he's still got he's still got a few pointers that he that he uh, points out a little louder than others. But he was he was pretty pleased with how how the hitters approached uh, the pitchers. And you know, I just think as the pitchers and hitters get get better and better, I just it, it looks more and more like a team that is in midseason form almost. Yeah, and before we continue, I just want to say uh, madisonsocial.com slash sunday-golds have some pretty cool tees and tanks that you can get right now, and it actually helps some of that money goes towards this podcast to help us continue um, to operate, and we would appreciate that, madisonsocial.com slash sunday-golds, and it's Sunday Golds shirts and tanks, and they they look pretty sweet, so uh, help us out, share that as well with your friends, and uh, if you have questions, by the way, sundaygoldspod at gmail.com sundaygoldspod at gmail.com make sure that you ask us a a question or two and uh, we would love to hear from you uh, on your thoughts on this Florida State baseball program as the year goes on and you can also follow us on Twitter um, at sundaygolds on the on the Twitter sphere and then at Brett PN uh, and at Ario Masuti are our personal accounts on Twitter okay so that's practice in a nutshell, right? Like some weekends it will be pitchers, some weekends it's going to be hitters. It's scrimmage. You've seen the same arms really since fall. And and that's just uh, kind of the nuance of fall ball and spring practice before you get into the season. Um, but the hitters being able to not just have some success against this pitching staff, but to, to be able to kind of flex their muscles at times. I know home runs were the theme um, a couple of in a couple of the scrimmages, who were some names that really stood out, and and maybe some guys that are going to have a hot start to the season. Yeah, well, we talked about Matt Nelson a lot a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, we mentioned that we thought he was the most important player. Uh, I'm starting to think he's the best player on this team. He's looked like the best player on this team the last couple of weeks. Um, he's been the most consistent uh, defensively, offensively. You know, defensively threw out a lot of runners again this weekend. I uh, had had a couple one eight pop times. Um, in there in, in during the game um, you know he also had a, a double triple and a homer this weekend um, he's he's just always ready to go always prepared and you know the power is really starting to come his homer came on a, a I believe a two-strike breaking ball that wasn't even in the zone 
Um, you know, he really just kind of poked at it and it, it went off the scoreboard. So, as you know, it's just that it's really good to see that raw strength start to come out. There were, <clears throat> there were a good bit of standouts this week. Um, you know, Jackson Green, I thought was really good, had a lot of hard hits. Um, trying to think of others. Uh, you know, Reese oh, Albert also homered. Cooper Swanson homered. Um, you know, Robbie, Robbie Martin continues to hit. Um, one guy I thought that had a really nice weekend was freshman AJ Shaver had a, had a few hits. Um, you know, I know Ari was there for one of them kind of opened his eyes up a bit, you know, 109 exit velocity, uh, single to the left side. I mean, that's, that's not, that's not something that is very common for, for freshmen. So, and, you know, we're starting to see some of his tools come out and play, you know, just a lot of guys looked way more comfortable this week at the plate, including, you know, I thought Nander looked really good, took a lot of good swings. So just a lot of really good things from the hitters, I thought. Yeah, and I, I, I remember the Shaver hit and, and texting you immediately and going, dang, <laughs> I see what the scouts saw. And that's something actually you had been telling me about um, for, for quite a while. I know over the summer when Shaver was, was getting a chance to play um, down there in the Florida Collegiate League, there were moments he, he struggled against some of the college pitching, but there are, there's a lot of tools there. And I think that's another one that Florida State can be excited about. Uh, to develop. I like that you you said Matt Nelson, in your opinion, is maybe turning into the team's best player because a lot of elite programs, um, and I'm not even talking about college, like you look at Major League Baseball, right? Franchises. When the catcher, when the catcher's really damn good, the rest of the roster kind of follows. And it, and it, it typically, there's like a, a correlation, right, between like a great catcher and the rest of the roster. Um, we don't have to tell Florida State fans about what Buster Posey did for the Giants. Like, everyone knew um, that Buster was the catalyst. And so um, I like that you say that because Nelly, when he first came to Florida State as a freshman, he's like 18 years old, and you speak to him, just it could be on the record, off the record, and you go, whoa, this guy carries himself really well. Like, it's it's almost refreshing and a little startling because you expect 18-year-olds to kind of come to college and – a lot of ums and uhs and yeah, I guess, and can't put together three sentences and put his thoughts together clearly. Um, and Matt Nelson could give you like a paragraph on what his thoughts are on the game. And that's an essay, man. Yeah, he's so cerebral, right? And he knows the game at such a high level. And then Nelson, as a freshman, puts together a couple of moments where you're like, I see where this is going. I see where, where uh, Meat really liked him. You, you don't come to college baseball as a freshman and, and start as a catcher without being a really smart player. And, and, you know, we've seen a couple of those smaller things that, you know, just end up being really important during the course of nineties of a baseball game. You know, Florida state hasn't had an umpire at these, at these inner squads and these scrimmages, but you know, there's been certain things that we've, that I've seen as with him catching that, you know, it's just as he's developed, he's probably learned things that most catchers in the country, you know, still are learning. He's just he's just far and above away one of the smarter guys on this team, and he does he just does a lot of a lot of things well right now. And I think he'll be a guy that starts the year off hot. Yeah, and to me, we talk about him, and and we've already touched on the cerebral part, and um, your catcher being a leader is a big deal, just because of what that position entails. Right, you're usually doing the most talking. You're usually trying to be kind of that emotional leader, um, setting the tone for the pitching staff, it, not just before the game or after the game. I mean, it's it's in the game. Uh, between between innings and mound visits, he has put together some big moments too, Brett, in his career, to where you see clutch ability and a guy that isn't only going to talk the talk and be able to kind of be that 
I don't know, uh, represent, representative of your program to the media and to the outside world. But he's going to like perform when it counts. And by all accounts and, and by what you're saying, Matt Nelson might be on the verge of uh, an all-ACC caliber year. Yeah, and I think another guy that you could see having an all-ACC caliber year is Elijah Cabell. Um, you know, but we're starting to get a little bit worried about his health. Um, you know, nothing, nothing, uh, no, I don't think something that's overly serious and nothing that we've learned about for sure yet. But, um, you know, first week of the practices, Meet told us that he was dealing with a hamstring injury and they expected him back to full speed in 10 days. Um, you know, the last scrimmage that they had was nine days and he's still not running the bases, still not playing the outfield, but, um, he is hitting, he was hitting really well on Sunday, had two balls hit 108 plus exit velocity, a double and a single, but you know, you could see, I think Elijah will be in there opening day. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's DHing cause he hasn't had much time to work in the outfield. Um, and if he's in the outfield, you may see some of those pieces in the lineup move around a bit. The theme I think that I'm taking away from some of the things you're saying is that this team's power potential, it has an opportunity, I think, maybe to be one of the the more deep power power bat. I mean, wh- however you want to call it, right? Like this this lineup has um, bomb squad potential, right? Like one through nine, um, there are like five, six guys that, and I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying it's possible that they hit double digit home runs. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of guys that. You know, Nelly, that's a guy that's 10-plus possibility. Uh, you know, Robbie, if he gets to the pole side. Uh, you know, Reese is a guy that I definitely think will have that. Elijah's going to have that if he plays a full season. You know, we're starting to see some of that from Nander, too. You just There's a lot of guys on this team that, that hit balls hard, and if you start to see that the ball get in the air a little bit more. And, I mean, a lot of the college game and a lot of baseball is just once you start to find something, it just starts rolling for you. I mean, you could have a stretch where you get no homers. You could have a stretch where you, all of a sudden you find it and you just start hitting homer after homer. So, you know, even a guy like Cooper Swanson, who may not be an everyday starter, and, you know, we don't really know what his role is going to be yet, but that's still a guy that in limited at-bats could give you a lot of homers. Um, Dylan Simmons is a guy that has power in his bat. I mean, there's just there's just a lot of strong kids in this lineup, and it's also starting to look more athletic uh, day by day. And, you know, both of those things are important for the way the aggressive way that Meat wants to play. If this team pitches the way we think it's going to pitch, Brett, what is it going to do for the team if the if the bats are, let's say they surprise us, right? Like say they're a tick above what our expectations were. I know there's some national media right now that maybe isn't as high on the lineup as as we are, but I think potential is the best word. We've we've been using that word a lot. If they do perform to what you and I think they can perform. I mean, you're looking at what? Uh, top five, top 10 Florida State baseball team. Yeah, I think you're definitely going to a top 10 team if some of these bats really start to click like like they could. Um, you know, what it does for the pitching staff is, you know, they just, you don't always have to try to be perfect where, you know, one pitch could lose you a game. You know, I don't think this is going to be an FSU team that's getting um, shut down a lot or, you know, games where it's two runs or less. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen very much with – the approach and and the quick strike ability, um, you know, I know there's a lot of national media questioning. Um, you know, I've seen some stuff to question about how FSU hit last year, but you know, let me tell you, FSU was 17th in runs last year in the nation. 
third in walks, 17 in on-base percentage. I mean, this was not a bad offense last year. FSU scored at least seven runs in 10 of 17 games. And if you score six or plus runs, most of the time you're going to win a baseball game. And six or more runs with this pitching staff is going to win you a whole lot of baseball games. So I think just them giving the pitchers a little more room for error will make the pitchers even better. So we previewed the infield. We've previewed the outfield. Uh, and all that's left to preview now is this um, this pitching staff. And it's going to be a really good pitching staff. Uh, the starting rotation, um, we really like what the possibilities are and what we've been hearing. Um, middle relief has a lot of depth and uh, a lot of veteran arms. That, that excites me, um, guys who can kind of bridge the gap. And then the back end of the bullpen has a chance to have some, some big-time power arms that can close it. And we're going to talk about that uh, here in just a couple minutes. But first, uh, Parker Messick, uh, one of those arms that uh, Florida State will depend on. Your former closer will be turned into a, a weekend starter. Who knows, maybe even the Friday spot. He sat down with Brett to discuss a whole lot and more. Hope you enjoy. I guess first off, Parker, how, how excited are you to be back in practices with the full team, you know, getting on the mound and facing some guys in live at-bats here? Yeah, it definitely feels so much better than, um, you know, just the pitcher or catchers, just being able to have a full um, game-like experience. It's been real exciting, and I know all the guys are pumped and actually ready to face some other hitters besides the one we've been facing all fall and all early spring. Yeah, you just brought it up a little bit, but, you know, you guys have almost your whole starting lineup back from last year, I guess. Just – how much of a, of a challenge is it facing your guys every single day in, in practice? And I guess, is, is, there, is there one certain guy or is there somebody on this team that always seems to give you trouble? Yeah, um, you know, facing the same guys over and over, they obviously see what we have. Um, but, you know, Belly does a good job mixing up pitches in different um, situations. And um, we have to, you know, execute on what it is. But as far as someone giving me the hardest time, Robbie's definitely had my number uh, this spring. I think he's two for three with, with two jacks. But, you know, sometimes I get him, sometimes he gets me. He's just got the best of two um, pitches that I miss my spot on. And, you know, that's – but typically speaking, Belly does a good job of mixing it up and um, getting us in the right spot. You brought up Belly a little bit. And, you know, last year was his first year, your first year. You know, he didn't recruit you. But I guess just what, what was it like um, working with Belly last year? And, and what was the thing that you learned about him the most? Um, yeah, he just came in and um, really implemented his own style of pitch, like uh, letting us pitch how we normally pitch, but implementing his mindset and how he wants us to approach the game while still keeping, you know, some of the stuff that Florida State's always been about, you know, the um, AA34K, the any pitch, any time, any count, um, three pitch for strikes. He, he kept that same motive, but also implementing his um, mindset, like over offseason, we read a book just about mindset and um really controlling your tempo, your breathing, and how you approach the game. And that, you know, that's really helped and it helped us uh, gel with him. So um, the mental aspect of the game is something that he really brought to my attention. You know, as you know, I'm kind of, kind of crazy when I'm on the mound anyway. So he kind of helps me control that. And, uh, and it's really helped um, with mentality on the mound. You know, you just said, you know, you're kind of crazy on the mound right now. And I mean, we saw some some good case threats last year. You know, um, I think you did a belly shake once at Texas against Texas Tech. You know, I got a few other fist pumps, I guess. Those moments are those like you ever rehearse some of those thinking about like, you know, when I'm out there and I'm going to strike. So it's just is it just sort of a blackout moment for you when you're pitching? Oh, it is purely in the moment. I'm a completely different person on the field than I am off the field. Never my family, my teammates, all my friends know that when. 
when I step between the lines, it's a completely different person. So it is, I promise it is not scripted when it, when something happens on the mound and it's in a big moment, that is pure emotion. And I play very emotional and, and you obviously see that in, in a lot of my case threats. You know, I think it was some of that emotion we saw was against Florida, I guess. I know after that game, you said, you said it was the best moment you've ever had on a baseball field, I guess. Just looking back on it, I mean, do you ever have you ever felt more locked in on a baseball field? I mean, I, I, that was probably definitely the most uh, meaningful game I've ever pitched in. So it's definitely the most I've most I've ever locked in for a game. I mean, there's going to be a lot more of those here to come. I probably won't be able to say that after this year. But as far as up to that moment, yeah, that was probably the most locked in I've ever been on a game. I guess that night it seemed like you had every single pitch working for you. Just when you're that like, I guess when you're that locked in and you have everything going for you, just how confident do you feel that you could get any hitter out in any time? Yeah, it, it definitely brings a lot of confidence. You know, belly belly throws you a pitch, tells you tells you where to throw it. Catcher gives it to you. You have every every uh, bit of confidence in the world to be able to throw it in that count in that spot with everybody yelling at you. It does, just nothing bothers you and. When you get that locked in and you're feeling comfortable in a groove, you can just really try and challenge hitters. You ain't got to try and pitch around them, no matter who they are. If they're the number one um, draft pick for next year, you know, you can really challenge them and just try and beat them with the stuff that you have that night. And that's kind of what I did and it ended up working out. You know, with the extended time off, I believe, you know, you worked a lot on dropping some weight. I think you dropped almost 40 pounds at one point, I guess. Just what were you doing every day to get to, to get that far? And why was that so important for you to do? Um, really, it was I was doing most of the stuff that um, that our trainer Jamie Brotherson was um, sending me, just like our regular workouts and stuff. I was just adding in a little bit of cardio here and there, and um, really focusing on my diet. But I just wanted I knew I was developing into that uh, starter role, so I just wanted to get myself in better shape to be able to um, you know go into deeper innings. I've always I was always a starter in high school. I would go seven innings pretty much every game, but. I just wanted to make sure that I was, you know, able to do it at this level, this high tempo, um, former college baseball. I just wanted to make sure that I was putting myself in the best position to succeed. You know, you, you started to get some of that starter starter innings going in the summer. And, you know, you're on that team with Bryce Hubbard and Carson, too, on the squeeze. I guess how was that experience over the summer and why was it so important for you to play in summer when, you know, a lot of guys weren't? Yeah, honestly, it just got me back into my groove, you know, feeling what it's like to um, be a starter again, you know, the preparation before the game, the preparation the night before, um, the throwing program, the week, like throughout that entire week and, you know, just getting mentally prepared. It's different when you're in the bullpen, you kind of on a maybe I'm going to throw, maybe I'm not get ready in four pitches type um, of mindset. So being just getting that, um, that like revitalizing my experience as a starter, you know, just just feeling that. Um, just that uh, rotation again, it, it, that was very important. And I'm back into my groove now. You, know, you talked a little bit about high school ball and, you know, in high school you hit two and, you know, I think you had a home run in the state championship or a state semifinal. You ever miss hitting? You ever go up to meet and you're just like, Hey man, I just shut down Florida for three innings. You let me hit a round of BP now. Oh yeah. I talk to Metcalf and meet all the time. I, I tell him I can put it over that short fortune, right. But you know, my job's a pitcher here and that's, that's fine with me. I do miss it sometimes though. Uh, how fun is it throwing to Nelly? You know, Nelly was a guy that was draft eligible last year, but he still came back to Florida State. I guess, what is it like having him behind the mound? Uh, you know, a guy that's been here for a while and that, that can really can control the whole pace of the game. Yeah, he's he's definitely um, the best catcher I've ever thrown to by far. I mean, he the way he um, gets around balls and frames it up on the plate and gets, gets under balls and um, he really still strikes for me all the time. And 
having somebody that that knows the game controls it well can calm me down when I get out of control or if I throw two balls in the row in a row you know he's out there talking to me and just settles me down and having someone that you can trust behind the plate um really helps me to get in the groove like we were talking about at, at Florida just being able to settle in and just challenge hitters I have to worry about anything because you know he's got your back back there no I think another thing you were working on um with the off time was adding that knuckle curve to you already you already three pitch mix I guess how does that how does that help the rest of your arsenal and how do you feel that that that's developing so far yeah I definitely it, it's definitely gotten a lot better um I basically I think the last inner squad I threw it um, more than my slider and it's it's just been a really good pitch for me I'm I'm finally getting it um, into the zone where I'm comfortable throwing it in any count and you know just having that to go with my slider has just added just another pitch you know if they if teams key up on my slider I, I have the curveball if they key up on the curveball I have the slider it's just a comfortability thing I, I feel like I can go deeper into games with that extra pitch you know you talked a little bit about, about changing over to starting how you did it in high school I just how excited are you to get back into a role like that where, you know, you, you set the tone for your team, especially on, on a Friday or a Saturday, wherever you are? Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely like being a starter a lot better. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited just to whatever role they end up putting me in. Um, I, I know I like going deep into games and I'm going to be one of those guys that refuses to get pulled out, if, you know, if I can help it. So I definitely like being out, being out there and being able to set the tone for, you know, six, seven, eight innings. You know, this you, you could have a lot of different roles. A lot of different guys on the staff can have a lot of different roles just because of how deep it is. Just how good of a staff is this even after you lose CJ and those guys? How, how deep do you guys feel that you are? It definitely, oh, we're, we're very deep. We got a lot of power arms and a lot of guys that can slice and dice. So, I mean, it definitely puts a lot of pressure on um, like all, all the pitching staff. You know, when we're at practice, those inner squads mean, mean a lot because if you mess up, there's a guy right behind you that can, um, that that can potentially take your spot but it's also good in the sense of it's COVID season so if we have a couple pitchers down you know it's next man up and that's going to be our mentality this year we're going to have plenty of people that can just fall right in the line say our whole weekend staffs out well I'm sure we have three more guys that can that can take the role until until our other guys are back and it'll just keep keep being that next man up mentality you know Chase Haney is a guy that is the captain of this team and you know you didn't know if you were going to get him back this year or not I guess just having Chase back how important is it and how fun is it to have him as a teammate I mean it's awesome he's a great guy he's obviously a great leader um he's just he's the guy that everybody likes on the team nobody like has a problem with or anything like that he just knows how to talk to each and everybody knows how to handle um the player and coach relationship so he's just just having him back and having his experience you know being Omaha I think twice now I mean it's just it's just fantastic. How hungry would you guys say how hungry would you say you guys are as, are as a team after, you know, losing that season last year, especially when it felt like, you know, you guys were starting to turn a corner and really start to play some good baseball. Yeah, it definitely it definitely sucks last year, you know, getting it um, cut short because, like you said, we were we were starting to turn the corner. But, you know, it it's definitely made us realize that we could be a good team this year and we have pretty much everybody back. So it's just the guys that have to fill in those starters roles. That's basically what we're missing. And, you know, we think we're going to be able to do that just fine. And with the depth in our rotation and the hitters that we have coming back, we think we're going to have a good lineup and a good defense. You know, I just, with all that stuff you just mentioned, I guess, how confident are you in this team with the leaders you guys have and all that depth just to get to Omaha and, you know, especially get over that last hump in Omaha. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take it one game at, 
one game at a time to start. And, you know, but um, for me going out on the mound, I know that I have a good offense. I have a good catcher and I have a good defense behind me to be able to put up runs and, and make some good plays behind me. So um, just for every pitcher on our staff, I, the complete confidence in our team that we, we could do good things if we play the right way and play hard and fast. So as long as we do that, I think we'll be a really good team. Parker Messick. Uh, Brett, that was a really good interview. Um, great job on that, by the way. And uh, Parker, we saw him last year, and the fearlessness, I think, was the one thing that stood out to me. He wasn't afraid to make a mistake. He wasn't afraid to attack. And that wasn't a guy that I think a lot of people, uh, maybe you did. I mean, you follow this team very closely, but he kind of came out of nowhere. And I, I think for a lot of people, seeing that as a freshman, a lefty, that kind of reminded you of some of Florida State's lefties in the past um, that have just kind of come out and I, I use that word fearless and I want to use it again. He is absolutely fearless and what he did against the Gators, um, what he did against Texas Tech, um, what he did n numerous times throughout the year. USF was another one. I mean, Parker Messick was arguably Florida State's best pitcher last year. You could argue it um, in the time that he got. And now he moves from back into the bullpen closer to uh, a potential Friday or Saturday guy for Florida State. Yeah, I think I think this will be the Friday guy just just from all this all the good stuff he gives you, you know, emotionally, um efficient efficiency, um you know, just strike strike zones, the command of the strike zone is always there with four different pitches. I mean, there's just a lot to like with Parker and you know, I think this year you you know last year when he's in those late game moments, you saw some of that fire come out in him, but you know, what I've noticed over him starting over the summer and through the fall and spring is just he seems to be a little bit more in control of his emotions and, you know, he knows he's out there to do a job. He's out there to get, give his team a chance to win. He's out there to throw a lot of innings. Um, you know, he was a starter in high school and, you know, like he mentioned in, in our, in our, in our interview, he, he went seven innings in most of those games. And I think he's a guy that, you, you know, when you put him out there on a Friday, you, you, you're pretty confident that you're going to get seven innings from that guy and you're only going to need an inning or two from your bullpen. And, you know, he's just going to give you an opportunity to win for the rest of the weekend too, not just on your Friday. And that's what you, that's all you need on your Friday starter. You know, give us an opportunity to not just win this game, but win the series. And when you get off the right foot on a Friday, um, you know, it makes the rest of the weekend a lot easier. And that's just, I just feel like that's the guy that you have the most confidence in. So put him out there on Friday and, you know, let it ride the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I think the moment he had against Texas Tech when he was asked to come on and he gives up that home run that ties the game uh, there in the ninth, that can shake a lot of people, right? Like, that that's a tough moment um, for a senior to, to, get, to give up, let alone uh, a true freshman. And for him to come out and do what he did the rest of, of that outing into extra innings showed me a lot. And then the Florida game, like, look, man, Florida, Florida state hadn't beaten Florida in years. <laughs> and here's this, here's this kid who walks out there with a, a two run lead and it could go, it could go wrong. And it, and it has gone wrong for Florida state in the past there um, in all sorts of ways. And he shuts it down. And that, that fearlessness reminds me of like Parrish, Holton, Van Eyck, you know, they're all different pitchers, but the ability to kind of stand in there and not care about the moment and, and to kind of rise to the occasion has me excited about what Parker Messick will do. And then Brett, this summer, he put in a lot of work. He got his he got his body right. He dominated the Florida the Florida Collegiate League. And he has all the makings, I think, of being Florida State's next great ace. Yeah, and I think another thing that was really important to him 
over the, the that you know that extended break was adding that fourth pitch his curveball which we've I've seen a lot of this spring in his two outings these past couple weeks um, you know it just gives him a lot more command of the zone with his off speed I mean with his breaking ball and that gives him the ability to go and get swing and misses with this slider outside of the zone so it just gives him you know even more of a starter profile and I it's just just still a lot of like to there's a lot of like a lot to like with Parker on the mound. And it's just there's it's a trust factor there with between him and Belly, and I just you know there I just expect things big things from Parker um, efficient. He's just gonna give you a lot of innings, hundred plus innings. You know he's a guy that he's made himself durable now. He's ready to go and he's ready to go um, eat up a bunch of innings for Florida State on every weekend. Yeah, and again before we move on, just the fact that he went up against that Texas Tech lineup and when he gave up that home run, I looked to the guy to my left and said. We're going to find out what Parker Messick's made of now. I mean, because that, that is a tough moment. That hurts. And Florida State didn't win that game. Um, but Parker had enough moments to earn the respect of that uh, Red Raider dugout. Um, and so, yeah, that looks like it's going to be Florida State's ace. Um, and Knowles fans should feel really, really comfortable. So, Brett, Saturday, Sunday. Um, the Knowles have a couple of options at that position. A lot of talent in some spots. Um, a lot of pitchability in others. You got youth and you got veterans. How does it shake out? Yeah, so I think the winner so far of this spring has been Carson Montgomery, um, you know, the heralded prospect. Um, you know, we've always expected big things from Carson. I didn't know if I expected it to come this quick. I'll be the first to tell you that I didn't know if he'd be ready this quick to be a weekend starter, but it's just seemed like from summer to fall, from fall to now, with every single outing he's had, he just he just gets better and better. And it's 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 just hard to ignore the talent that there that's there the potential that's there. Um, he's just I know I wrote in my um, countdown piece about Carson that you know if he became consistent if he could find consistency with his off speed and he pounds his zone with his fastball that he's gonna be a weekend starter. Um, he's just he's just his stuff is too good to keep out of there when he is. Um, he's been efficient. He's commanded the zone. He's missed bats. Um, you know, he's, he's just been, he's been awesome. He's been nothing but awesome so far this spring. Um, you know, it's powerful. Um, it's just the slider has gotten a lot better. He's, he's been, he's landing it with consistency. Now that was something he struggled with a bit in the fall. He could sometimes lose his, his, um, release point with that pitch, but it seems that him and belly are really on the same page now. And he's kind of a, he's starting to turn into that guy that can throw any pitch in any moment. And that's what belly wants. And, um, you know, he's going to attack hitters. Um, it's just, it's, it's fun to watch when he's on, um, you know, the other guy that I think is in contention for that spot right there is, is Bryce Hubbard. Um, he's been a little up and down so far this spring, but you know, when Bryce is on, it's really, it's really hard for hitters to pick up. Uh, you know, we talked to Robbie Martin, he said he's been, he's been the toughest pitcher he's had to face, um, you know, since the last couple of years at Florida state, um, you know, Bryce big curveball. Um, heavy fastball, um, you know, just he's got to start developing that change up a little more. But that's a pitch that's really starting to come along for him. But um, and then, you know, moving on to Sunday, I think Connor Grady will be your guy there to start the year. Um, you know, Connor just does the little things right. Um, one thing that stood out to me this week that kind of just showed me like Connor is the guy that you got to have there to start the year as a veteran. Um, you know, just coming up on a bunt, throwing down to second base, getting down at second base. You know, just doing the little things right. That's what Connor does. He does it calmly. Um, he's never a guy that loses his uh, temper on the mound. Um, you know, he's just sometimes 
there's times when Connor's going to get hit. That's his stuff is hittable sometimes when he's not locating. But you know, you just need Connor Grady to get you ounce. You just need Connor Grady to not blow not blow up early in the games. Um, if you Connor can give you a few good innings, then you know that's what you take from him. That that that's that's his job on a Sunday. You know, that's the guy that you want out there in a rubber match. I think. Um, you know, another name there, Jack Anderson could be there. Um, you know, I think Jack is a guy that could have a could have a big role either way. I think he could be a midweek starter. Some um, he could also be a guy that bridges you from from a from a, a bad start to to later in the game which he was last year. Um, but those two guys have pretty similar ar- similar arsenals. Um, they've had some similar results early on in spring. I think the veteran um, leadership of Grady may win out. Um, but, you know, it's a long season, and things could change throughout the season. Um, but as of now, I would say you're probably looking at Messick, Montgomery, and, and Grady on the weekend. Yeah, and I look at – I'm looking at some stats. First, let's let's touch on Carson. Um, I watched 98 come out of his hands in the fall, <laughs> and I was sold. I was like, uh, not a lot of people can do this. Um, whatever it takes to hone it, I'm sure Belly will do it. That's something they can't teach you. 90, you can't teach 98. Like that's that's special, and that's you can't, talent. You can't teach breaking metal bats. Correct. And um, you can't teach a thousand plus like tweets either. So, you know, getting famous out here. Would you like a cookie? Yeah. I'm not going to be the one to stroke your ego out here, man. Uh, so you do a great job, but this ain't we ain't doing it out here. Uh, but we will uh, talk some more about Carson because you talked about the arsenal and the the pitch ability um, that he has in addition to the stuff, and he's a future first rounder if it all comes together. Like, and not just a future first rounder. You're talking like top ten type of potential. Like it's it's Carson Montgomery. Top 35 when he came out of high school. And I think the reason, I mean, yeah, he wanted to go to college, right? Like, I'm sure that was important to him as well. It was to Mendoza. But the reason the reason is you think you have more in the you you have more upside with the draft um when you do go to college. And so Carson probably could have been a second round pick um in this draft had he been signable. Um, but that money's gonna be way better if he gets in the top ten. And so um yeah, uh, I'm excited about Montgomery. Saturday seems like a good spot to kind of ease him into it and to see what he can do. You've got Parker, who's been in the college game um, and has kind of been through that on Fridays. And then Sundays, uh, look, man, Grady, Grady's a great guy to talk to, first off, um, off the field. He's he's really approachable, um, great personality, um, kind of guy you would want in your weekend rotation. Um, and... More specifically, and this might sound kind of strange, Brett, but like for the college game, like Sunday, Sundays are big days. I mean, you're either going for a sweep, which is really rare to get, and the elite teams in college baseball find sweeps, or you're in a rubber match. And Connor Grady, I feel completely comfortable in a rubber match. I, mean, I feel I feel comfortable with him on the mound because he's pitched in Omaha and he's pitched well. He's pitched on the road against Georgia and pitched well. He's he's pitched in so many big situations in his career and Look, uh, a couple years ago, 364 ERA. Uh, Last year, he finished three ERA uh, in 15 innings, gave up just five earned runs. If that's your Sunday guy, more times than not, uh, college baseball pitching sucks, by the way. Like, if we're comparing it to Major League, like, once you get deeper into the weekend, like, it goes downhill, especially if you're at a small school, right? Like, that's why you see Sundays with, like, double-digit runs because the arms, you've used them, and your starters are usually not that good. Florida State has a chance to be 
if they want to be a top 10 team, most of the teams in the top 10 have Sunday guys that they run out there and they feel pretty good about. And I think I think Grady's one of those guys. And and Brett, tell me if I'm wrong here. I think Grady might it could be the the most important pitcher for Florida State at times in the weekend. Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean it's just he's a guy that comes up in big games. I mean, like you talked about we saw it in Georgia, we saw it at Georgia, saw it in College World Series. Um, you know, that Sunday starter you know, he's always going to end up in big games, not just on your rubber matches, but also late in the season, um, you know, an ACC tournament, you know, the College World Series. Those guys, have to, they have to be good. They have to throw strikes. They, have, they just have got to hit their spots. You don't always need the most powerful stuff there, the best stuff ever. But if you just go out there, get outs, and give your team a chance on Sundays, um, you're going to be in a good spot come, come the end of the season. Yeah, and I think Sundays when you have that advantage on the mound and you're facing a team that maybe doesn't have the pitcher that can that can go five or six innings, Connor has, I think, embraced his role. Like, he's not an ego guy. He's not someone that's going to demand pitch, pitching, you know, on a Friday or a certain amount of innings. He does what it takes to help his team win. And if you can kind of embrace that Sunday role of, hey, get us through six, if you give up seven hits on a Sunday – that's okay. If you hold them to two or three runs, though, you're going to give Florida State a chance to win almost every Sunday. So um, I, I like this rotation. You've kind of got the, the Friday guy that you feel good about running out there against anyone, anyone's ace. On Saturday, usually you have draft prospects on Saturday nights as well, and you got your you got your high-end Carson Montgomery, the young buck who's trying to kind of figure his way. And then on Sunday, you got your, you got your veteran. And I, I think this... This piece as well for Florida State, and Belly should be excited. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned Anderson, who last year had a .79 ERA, gave up just one earned run in, uh, you know, nearly uh, 12 innings pitched. So um, you got to like your chances there. And I think the rotation will be one of the Florida State's best that they've had, at least one through three, right? Like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think it's going to be one of the best ones they've had. Uh, midweek. What do you what do you think are some options for Florida State in the midweek? You've mentioned some of these names that could also be midweek, but um, we've been hearing that there is a chance that Florida State might opt to use Tuesdays and Wednesdays as a way to kind of just go through the, the the depth of this roster and see what they have. Yeah, I think I think they'll explore a little bit of the opener that you've seen a lot in them will be lately. Um, you know, I also think that some of it will be opportunities to get younger guys starts, as we saw with. Hubbard a lot last year. Um, you know, I mentioned Anderson, another guy that comes to – a couple other guys that come to mind are a couple of young lefties and Ross Dunn and Wyatt Crowell, and those are two arms that um, Florida State really likes. Um, Ross Dunn, I really like his profile as a starter. Um, big build, starter's build, um, fastball, curveball, changeup, all good pitches. Um, Wyatt Crowell, um, you know, you could see him either in the back end of the bullpen um, with his power arm – or I think you could see him starting either. I think, you know, we saw him go. He's starting to build up a bit in his innings um, here in the, in the in the spring. Um, you know, he's a kid that is really hard on lefties from a from a, a low arm angle. Um, just a lot of stuff to like from both of those young lefties. And then, you know, bringing Hubbard back up. You could see Hubbard back in that role again this year. Um, another arm that I really think it would make a lot of sense to start in midweeks is Dylan Simmons. You know, give him a day off hitting. Just let him go out there, get his innings in. And, you know, that's a guy that's been really good pitchability-wise lately, and he's been a big step forward. Having ha Actually having a fall this year has really helped him a lot on the mound. And I think uh, coaching staff has really liked what they've seen from him 
Um, you know, in, in Meet's press conference a couple weeks ago, he talked about how, how Dylan had worked himself into one of those guys that they were looking at as a starter. You know, they got eight guys they were looking at as a starter, and he was he's one of those eight guys that they're trying to build up his innings um, and let him go, let him go and get it for a few innings every weekend. So those are a few guys that I think um, would make a lot of sense to start games. But, you know, at the same time, you could see nine different pitchers um, each get one inning on a, on a midweek. So I just think Meat's going to experiment with it. Um, you know, there's only 14 midweek games, I want to say, correct? I think you're right. I'd have to look it up. So Wait, I, can't, no. I, can't, I can't help you right, right this second. Eight midweek games because there's six weekends. So, I mean, there's not going to be as many weekend games as usual. I mean, midweek games as usual. So I think um, you're just going to see them do whatever they can to win and do get get all their arms out there and however that however we however they get there um you know just go out there and win baseball games as as, as well, however you want to do it yeah um let's talk middle relief here um and when i say middle relief um it's really just a, a bunch of veterans that i think have a chance for for florida state to um really help this staff out the Knowles lucked out i mean they got um, Chase Haney to come back for uh, a 13th year. So um, that's that's really exciting. Chase, I mean, might as well call him Dr. Haney at this point. I mean, he's got to be getting his PhD, right? Like, I, I haven't talked to him uh, in a minute to see what he's up to um, academically, but if he's not Dr. Haney by the end of the year, um, yeah, I'm not sure. But what he does do on the mound is he's been reliable, and last year he was insane. 14 innings, gave up just two earned runs, 129 ERA, struck out 20. His stuff looked as good as it had maybe ever last year. And he's been up a tick with his fastball. Um, the times that I've seen him, I've seen a, a, a little bit more velo from the fastball. And then you got Kwiatkowski and Scalaro. you got three guys, Brett, that combined have pitched, it feels like, thousands of innings at Florida State. What does that do for FSU in, in terms of not just bridging the gap to the back end of the bullpen, but being able to use them in so many different situations? Their experience just gives Florida State's coaching staff three guys that you're confident in anywhere, anytime against any team. You know, Chase Haney's going to be your rubber arm. He's going to lead the nation in appearances. You throw him out there whenever you need. Um, I think, you know, I don't think Chase will be the closer, but I think Chase will be that guy that, you know, high leverage moment, games on the line, even in a fifth inning or a sixth inning, you got a big time um, play coming up. You, you just put Chase in there, and then you let Chase go be the leader in the dugout the rest of the game. Um, you know, Jonas Galaro and Clayton Kukowski are both two high pitch ability left-handed pitchers that can get righties and lefties out. Um, you know, both of their stuff has ticked off recently, and both those guys throw a lot of innings every year. Um, I think sometimes we've seen those guys get overworked a little bit, but, you know, when they're on and when they're fresh, they can be really, really good pitchers, and they get a lot of guys out, and they can make some guys look silly. So all three of those guys, they just have – None of them have top-of-the-line type type of stuff, but they've got top-of-the-line experience, top-of-the-line pitchability, and they're just going to miss a lot of bats, get a lot of ounce, and help this team win a lot of games. And I think, too, we need to add um, Scalaro, Kwiatkowski, Haney. There's something to be said about guys that can come in, and it really doesn't matter what your stuff is if you can't control it. Like They're going to come in to any situation – and immediately be able to start throwing their stuff for strikes. Like they're not going to be afraid to attack the hitter. They're not going to try and I call it pitter pattering where you're trying to like nibble on the right, you know, high and high into the right. You're trying to bust someone off the plate. They don't do all that. Like it's, 
it's very much efficient. Come in and get people out. And that's just experience. Like you've at that point, you faced so many batters in your college career that you've gone through the the meltdown mentally and, and you've gone through the, the highs and lows of pitching. But Brett, like these are the three guys I think that are like bases are loaded and there's one out. You're going to ask Chase Haney to come in and try and get you that double play. Um, a lefty's up and the bases are loaded and there's first and third. And you're going to ask Scalaro or Kwiatkowski to, to come in and situationally. So you need Scalaro to go three innings. He'll do it. You need Kwiatkowski and then extra innings to be able to go a couple. They can do it. That's what makes Florida State's pitching staff so exciting and why Brett and I, off of you know the record button, have, have been so pumped to watch these guys pitch is there's just so many situations that you're going to go, we have something for that. Like we have the ability to be okay in that situation. And one other name, we do need to, to give credit um, and, and to say that he's got a shot. I think Davis Hare has a shot. And Mercer game comes to mind last year where Davis Hare came in. He was pumping 94 miles an hour fastball, and his split finger, his split change was disgusting. Um, that's another name to me that that deserves uh, some recognition, and, and, and maybe we'll get an opportunity too. Yeah, Davis has really good stuff. Um, you know, just sometimes um, he would leave stuff over the middle of the plate last year. A little bit ahead of that had to do where, you know, he's kind of he was kind of just a two pitch pitcher last year. Had a curveball, but didn't really throw it much. I think the curveball is taking a big step forward this fall and spring. Um, you know, this spring we've, I've seen him throw it a lot more um, than last year. Um, you know, Belly really wants him to work on that and really be able to throw it consistently to keep hitters off that two pitch mix. Um, you know, Davis has really powerful stuff when he's on. It's potential to be up 96, 97. You know, he'll sit 92, 94 probably, but that's a big body on the mound. Um, you know, it's, it's probably not fun to face, especially when he's throwing splitters um, off a 94-mile-per-hour fastball, and you don't really know what that splitter is going to do, and that's why it can be hard to catch sometimes. But it, it's kind of a pitch that's unpredictable, and when he's controlling it, that's when he that's when he's really on. And, you know, that was a guy last year that – was kind of thought as as one of the the closers going into the year, but just struggled a bit. Um, I just think having a, a whole another year at Florida State and getting another fresh start is is going to give him a, an opportunity to have a big year and a big role on this team. All right, let's talk back into the bullpen. Um, we don't know who the closer will be yet, um, but we do know who some of the guys could be for that mix. What are some profile? Who fits some of those profiles? I should say. Yeah, there's there's three or four names that I really like at closer. Um, you know, Hunter Purdue first comes to mind. Um, you know, I just think Hunter, um, in a normal year, not coming off uh, Tommy John surgery would would probably be a starter, and that's what he was at JUCO. But you know, if you don't you don't want to push his arm too much, you don't want him to throw a ton of innings. So let him go. Let his fastball go eat at 90, 95, 96 for an inning or two innings um, with a hammer curveball. You know, it's just it's dynamite stuff, and you know this this fall he's I mean this spring he's really been on with his fastball, commanding the zone, hitting his spots. His last downing, I don't think he missed more than a couple spots in two innings of work, and his fastball really sat in that 92 to 95 range. So it's powerful stuff from a, from a really big frame. Um, Brandon Walker is another guy that has powerful stuff and a good curveball. Um, you know, Brandon struggles a little bit more with the consistency of his fastball, but his fastball also is very heavy. It runs a lot. Um, that's not a guy that's going to give up a ton of a ton of hits or a ton of a ton of hard hit balls. But uh, you know, if he's consistent with his command, that's going to be a guy that sees a huge role for this team. And that's a kid that has a really really high ceiling. Um, you know, athletics. He's got athleticism on the mound. He's got all that you could want in a pitcher, um, especially a kid that is a second year freshman. 
Um, another guy is Tyler Ahern. Tyler Ahern has stuff that is as good as it gets on the mound. Um, Tyler Ahern has been really on top of his stuff. His first two outings in spring, um, he's made a couple guys look silly. He had a really long battle with Reese the other day. One of those long battles we saw this weekend. Um, just you know, that's another guy that's ninety two, ninety five with, and you know, his is running. It's 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 not it's not a flat fastball. He's a guy that will have a slider up to eighty seven miles per hour. When he's commanding that slider, that's when he's really on. And, you know, obviously his first couple years at Florida State or first, you know, he's just struggled with his command. But th- this spring, he's, he's been awesome with his command. He's been in the zone. He's, he looks comfortable on the mound, just just letting the ball f- flow out of his hands. So just all three of those guys have really, really good stuff. They're all powerful. They all have the ability to shut teams down. And <clears throat> I think whoever brings that mentality to the mound, that could be your guy at closer. But I'll also say, you know, that closer role, it's not just the ninth inning. It's, it's you know, it's highest leverage moment when you need it. Go get the out. And then if we need to, we'll play matches from the ninth inning. So whoever they decide to do, those are three guys that should be mentioned there. Um, also mention Wyatt Crowell as a guy that could be that left-handed power arm in, in the ninth inning. But, you know, no matter what, I know Meat wants ninth. He wants ninth inning power arms. That's what he wants. Um, you know, that's what the numbers show. That's how, that's, how, that's what good teams do now. You got power in the ninth inning. Um, you let those guys go out and eat for one inning. Let your fastball ride out there at, as hard as you can for an inning, and then we'll see how your arm feels tomorrow. So, Yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, though, Brett, if, I don't know, say three lefties are coming up in the ninth inning for the other team or two out of the three and, like, Scalaro's on the mound and has only pitched an inning, or if Quick House, like, I, I would not be surprised for them to leave that guy in and be like, hey, our numbers indicate that our best chance right here is what you're dominating against lefties. So, um, again, there's just so many options, like, for this for this Florida State pitching staff. It's so exciting. You've got a little bit of everything. This is the most power arms we've seen in Tallahassee um, in quite a while, uh, maybe ever, honestly, and... Um, yeah, Ahern. Ahern's a cool name. I I was, I don't want to say I forgot about him, but I'm glad you brought him up in the in the back end of the bullpen because we all remember I think uh, the Boston College game up in Fenway where Ahern came in and I think that was kind of the light turning on for him. Um, had that great outing and the fastball was up to 95. He was commanding the slider, and then last year that was two years ago and last year 193 ERA in just over nine innings of work, only gave up two earned runs and 14 strikeouts. Like the stuff's always been overwhelming for college hitters because it's, it move his fastball moves. He's got great, a great depth to that slider as well. And it felt like last year, he just kind of figured it out. And I was, that was one of the bummers for me of the season ending early was like, we didn't see Tyler Ahern continue to be dominant. So like a 193 ERA with hitters hitting just 211. And here's the key stat, four walks to 14 strikeouts. He figured out, command and and to me Ahern could be could be maybe uh, a catalyst for this pitching staff if you want to know how good Jimmy Bellinger at, is at his job just look at the progression in in Tyler Ahern's stats from from his sophomore year to his junior year um you know Tyler's a guy that would have been drafted in a full season in a full draft his stuff is just very good um you know it's a good body on the mound it's just there's just a, it's just a lot of like and he, you know, just seeing him find it last year was really fun to watch, as you said. And, you know, he just looked more comfortable. He looked more confident. And, you know, I talked to him early last fall, and, you know, he just said finding the ability to have fun again playing baseball was really what helped him just be confident in his teammates, let his teammates go to work for him behind him. 
throw strikes and just let his stuff do the work for himself and not try to, you know, over overdo it uh, or, you know, over push his stuff. Just just let his arm eat and, you know, have fun. Yeah, 250 ERA for Florida State last year as a pitching staff. I think they have a chance to to lower that this year. So, I mean, I'm excited, y'all. I really am. This is the one unit that I would say I am most confident about going into the season is the pitching staff. I saw it in fall. Um, Brett's been covering it fantastic for Tom Ognation. Um, he's got videos if you want to see just the full outings at times of, of who they've gone up against. Um, go look for yourself. Um, Brett's worked really hard to put those videos together and, and accompany them with a, a pretty good write-up for pretty much every practice that he goes to. So um, this pitching staff has a chance, man. Like, it, it has a real big chance. Um, how confident – and I guess we'll leave off with this and we'll try and wrap up here in the next couple of minutes. How confident are you in this pitching staff? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, don't, yeah, I don't even know how to put it, but I guess just 100% confident because when you have a staff this deep – if a guy is struggling, you can take him out and put in another good arm. Like there's, there's never, I don't think there's ever going to be a guy who's out there just, you know, to, to be out there just to got to go and eat out runs. And you know, this, this team's going to be in games because of this pitching staff, you know, there's not going to be games that get away from this team because of their pitching staff, maybe one or two games because of defense or, you know, you just, you have games where you're off and you face really good offense. But most of the time, 95, 99% of the time, this pitching staff is going to te- keep this team in games, give them a chance to win. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a pitching staff that throws a lot of strikes because if you don't throw strikes, you're not going to pitch. It's it's any pitch, anytime, anywhere, you know. So they they if if they are if they aren't on, they're coming out. So it's just it's hard for me to say anything but 100% confident in this pitching staff from what I've seen and you know, I think once we start seeing them face other batters, we may become even more confident in them. Yeah, like I said, two five zero ERA in one hundred and fifty five innings pitched. They struck out two hundred and eight people. Only struck, only walked sixty eight. Opposing hitters one eighty eight against Florida State. Good luck. Uh, I do not envy opposing hitters who have to stand in there and uh, don't take it just from from us. Uh, go back and listen to some of these interviews that the hitters have done with Brett on our podcast. Uh, Robbie Martin said not that much fun to go up against them. Um, Reese has commented on how tough it is to go up against them. Um, Nander pretty much said this is the best pitching staff I've ever gone up against um, in my time playing baseball. So the guys who are seeing them, who are stepping in the box every day for the last couple of months, uh, they have high hopes. We have high hopes. And I think you should be pretty confident in what this pitching staff's going to do. Ten days, man. Ten days. Is there anything you want to add? Did, did we? I think we covered this episode pretty thoroughly. Um, what do you want to say uh, to those listening? Man, always putting me on the spot like this. What do I want to say? I mean, I've been out there for 15 hours basically every week watching baseball. And, you know, this team's fun to watch. They've got a lot of good players on this team. Um, you know, what is it going to be? 240 hours until we see Florida State baseball playing a different team in a different uniform. I'm pumped up to see this team play another team and get after it and start trash-talking people and start just hitting bombs off of other people. You know, it's never fun to watch one of our guys hit a homer off the other guy because, you know, you go, well, that was really good by one guy, but other guy, I don't know. So to be able to actually watch and write about us playing other teams, um, I, I just it's hard to say anything but pumped up and, and ready to go and ready to get after it, man. And I found out this week that 
uh, I'll be calling those uh, that opening weekend, um, ACC Network Extras. So I'm now pumped. Who's, now who's stroking his ego? I'm, I'm, that's no stroking going on here. I'm, all I'm saying is, listen, I've got those three games. I'm excited because it means I'll get to be at Hauser for sure. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I am I'm really excited uh, to watch this baseball team. And um, our next week's episode, uh, you'll have a lot to look forward to. We'll have, we'll have interviews. Um, we're going to try and get meat, I think, for, for next week to preview the season. Um, Brett, nobody knows more about the game of baseball that I know, um, than Brett does. Uh, so the questions that, and the, the depth that you'll have in that interview with meat is, is going to be awesome. Um, we're going to have Aaron fit of D one baseball.com on the show to talk Florida state, the national perspective of, of the Seminole team and, uh, ACC baseball as well. So next week should be a lot of fun. Um, make sure you prepare yourself for that. We'll try and release that early next week. And then, um, we'll give our predictions, too, on lineups, rotation. Uh, we kind of did that tonight, but lineups, rotation, um, and, and other superlatives as well um, in that episode. So uh, please, again, we're on Apple Pods, Google Pods, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please rate us as high as you can and uh, leave a comment for us. Email us as well. And uh, we look forward to keep talking FSU baseball with you. The, the best time of the year is shortly coming. It is almost upon us. Until next time, Aria and Brett signing off. We'll talk to you soon.